Welcome to The Leading Edge, Episode 2, Ownership. My name is Ben and I have been managing teams, projects and campaigns for nearly 20 years. Leadership is not a job title. Management is not leadership. Leadership is getting to know yourself and your colleagues, being confident to make suggestions, standing up for what you think will move your group forward, being prepared to be wrong and to learn from mistakes as well as successes. Every book, podcast, seminar and training course boils down to the same simple instructions for being a leader. So surely everyone must know how to be a leader by now. Why is management, leadership, business success not 100% guaranteed? I think because everyone is individual, unique and every team or group dynamic is special. Yet advice will often overlook that in pursuit of the easy answer. So I want to talk about how we approach leadership with the safety off and the guarantees removed. Let's get started. Ownership is a vital component for any high-functioning team. This term is repeated ad nauseum in management books as a way to ensure that staff feel confident and responsible for the quality of their work. This is where I feel the term is overused, and it's being done so as a trick to pass responsibility for success and failure from the individual to the group. Let's reset the term. Why is it important for people in the workplace to take ownership of their work? Well, humans do tend to increase their motivation and attention to detail when they feel they're in control of their work. And ownership, enforcing that the input and outcomes of work belong to an individual or group, dials up the personal stake. But let's expand this. Owning a decision is an opportunity to trade in trust and confidence. Managers should ask staff to own their actions as a show of faith in their abilities to make sound decisions. To facilitate this faith, though, managers must retain accountability for the performance of those decisions. Managers need to provide this as a safety net. Teams should feel brave because their managers have faith in their skills, but they should also feel safe that the manager will support them during those times when issues arrive or when decisions fail to pan out. This is ownership in business, and it is not the same as ownership in the real world. The terms are very specific and unnatural. In our private life, the stakes can be very high for poor decisions. In business, the stakes must be lower to encourage risk-taking. So in other words, ownership must be deeply entwined with the terms responsibility and accountability. The high-functioning team will have developed ownership and individuals will be ascribed responsibility. The manager must retain accountability to remove fear and doubt and let those staff take risks with the ownership they have. However, staff must be allowed to understand what it is they are taking ownership of, the detail of taking control and the consequences for the term and the project of their work does not deliver. Ownership needs a carefully nurtured culture to support it. Blame must be taboo. Taking praise for another work must be outlawed. Individuals taking over and crowding out others consigned to the bin. Ownership is a collective bargain and it will only persist if every member remembers these rules. The benefits are a collective sense of achievement when there is success, which will in turn generate significant goodwill, energy and enthusiasm for the next project or task. When times are tough, ownership binds the group together against adversity, provides an all-for-one camaraderie which energises and propels people to problem-solve. Ownership is a powerful tool, 
but only when it is mixed with a variety of special ingredients. And this is why creating the environment for ownership takes leadership. The foresight, confidence and fortitude to place ownership with care, nurture it and protect it. Let's have a look at an example. A new company is set up in the service industry. The owner recruits three staff with particular expertise and as an enticement offers each 10% profit share of the new business. Those staff start work and lead on their areas of expertise, but the owner retains responsibility for the running of the business, managing the balance sheet, paying wages, preparing tax returns, monitoring cash flow, invoicing and credit control. The business grows and is successful. However, after a few years, the staff begin to feel they want to change the way the business works. They request the owner listen to new ideas. However, the owner is happy with the way the business is performing. The staff feel aggrieved and demand to be heard, stating that they have an ownership of the business, represented by their share of the profits. However, the owner is also aggrieved and reminds the staff that they have no share of the business nor participation in the running of the business. Relations deteriorate and the performance of the business suffers. This example is not uncommon and illustrates the issue of presenting ownership in name without building a culture, supplying the encouragement or explaining the consequences of real ownership to the staff. In turn, they understandably have a false impression of ownership and ultimately realise that they do not have the responsibility they believed they did. In this scenario, trust is lost and is replaced with antagonism. The original action of the owner is to incentivize staff to work hard by granting a percentage stake in success. As a tool to demonstrate faith and encourage allegiance, it has many merits. But without building a more rounded involvement in the management of the company, trusting real decision-making to the staff, and allowing ideas to be tried even if the owner did not fully believe in their strength, there is an undermining of that original demonstration of ownership. This is the outcome every time a manager describes ownership in a one-dimensional fashion. It will have a short-term impact, but over the long term, it's too superficial to have any value. Instead, the owner, in granting profit share of the business, should have done so with a value in mind. Over a period of time, this may have required staff to purchase share in the business, the act of payment making the ownership real. This, in turn, would have indicated to the owner that the staff were prepared to accept risk with their own money, lessening any sense of burden for the owner. In addition, profit share should require a commitment by all parties to share responsibilities for management tasks. This would have given the staff a broader understanding of the workings of the business. It would also likely instruct staff into considering ideas which would be aligned to the performance of the business. The culture would need to support trust. The owner would need to demonstrate trust by permitting staff to take action without the owner and for the owner to support those actions regardless of personal view. If the owner was certain of their own judgment in appointing the staff, they would surely not have to question the judgment of those staff. Ownership is therefore a cooperation. It is not to say that ownership itself eliminates risk, but what it will do when managed correctly is harness a broad skill set which in turn should allow for clearer and more informed business decisions. If you find this information useful, please leave me a comment. If you feel this information is incorrect or incomplete, also leave me a comment. Thank you for listening.